Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and for the next half hour, hopefully we can talk calmly about something that is important for us to deal with. Truth is always important to deal with, and it's getting harder and harder to find. We seem to live in an age of artificial intelligence, which I think would benefit the evil one who's the father of lies and, and lies as it's his native language. I think we're in an age of disinformation, misinformation, lies. We need to be very careful. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolate Bible Institute. As always, I invite you to check those websites out and hopefully find some young people that would benefit from being in God's Word on a regular basis and learning to serve and get them involved in Nicolate Bible Institute. Or you can even get them involved in our summer camping ministry where they come up for part of a summer or all summer if they're in college and take on responsibilities of serving those who come to these grounds. All of those who come are part of a program that we're working on to develop leaders for the church. So I encourage you to look at Silver Birch Ranch website, silverbirchranch.org, and see if there's a way that we can't participate with you or your church in developing the next generation leader. Tonight I want to talk about what is it that makes you and I valuable. Is it because we're breathing and existing? Is it because we got big enough to make it out of the womb of our mother and didn't get destroyed in the process? What is it that makes a human valuable? I read in Luke chapter 2, verses 4 to 7, where it says, Jesus saying this, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who can kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Jesus talking to people, telling them, you are very valuable to me. You can't spin that any other way. You can't begin to look at that and say, I'm only valuable if. No, you are valuable to God. He created you. The Bible tells us that while you were in your mother's womb, that he fashioned you and made you into the person you are. Any other thing that you believe about yourself is a lie. And when you believe lies, you begin to live in a way that is not associated with the fruits of the Spirit at all, obviously. Depression, anger, anxiety become a normal part of your life. Whenever you see your life being infiltrated with things that are not the fruit of the Spirit, but the opposite, you need to begin to ask yourself what lies you're believing. Truth of the matter is, I am important to God. My life was given to me by God, and one day when I finish the job he wants me to do down here on earth, he'll take me away. It's God that does that. No man, no man can give me human value. No man can give me worth. 
If I give other people that kind of power, all they do is take my value and worth away from me. They don't give it to me. There's times where I go into the scriptures and I have a, a theme in my head and I'm just trying to figure out what certain people knew and what they understood. For example, what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understand? That they were willing to walk into a furnace. What did Daniel understand? That he was willing to go down into the lion's den. What did Noah understand? That he was willing to build a boat in the middle of a mountain. What did Moses understand, eventually, that he was willing to stand there and look at Pharaoh's army and march toward the Red Sea? I want to know what these people knew. And the only way to know what they know is to get into the Bible and look and see what's revealed about what they understood. Likewise, there have been people that God has used throughout history that just did incredible things, but they went against the grain of society. Yet they were fine. There are people doing that all over the world today, and I, I once again invite you to go check out Voice of the Martyrs, vom.org, and look at the people today who are taking a stand for the King of Kings, who are getting beat up and, and tossed around, but they know who they are, and they understand their value to God and even in jail and even getting persecuted and beat up, they're still marching forward with boldness. So I go through the Bible and look at different characters and try and figure out, what is it you knew? So I went to some of the leaders in the Bible that I enjoy, and I wanted to know what they understood about their human value, their worth. And so I started with Jeremiah which was easy to start with because Jeremiah 1, 5 to 8 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as my spokesman to the world. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Don't say that, the Lord replied, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. There's an interesting interaction between Jeremiah and God. The very first thing that God wanted Jeremiah to unequivocally understand is that he knew him before he was formed. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Before Jeremiah was ever born, God had a plan for him. When Jeremiah was conceived, he wasn't a blob of protoplasm. It was a plan of God. I see today in the United States of America an appalling, disgusting thing happening in our world where people believe that a child is a choice in the womb. Where all these men of scripture that I'm going to talk about, every single one of them understood that before they were born, before the world came into existence, before they were born, God knew them. And if God knew them before they were born, they're not just cells, they're not just fetuses, they're not just blobs of protoplasm that can be killed. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. 
You know, if I were Satan, I would attack the unborn. Every single one of them would be destroying the plans that God had for that individual. I want to make it plain that God's plans will never be destroyed. His plans. But his plans for an individual certainly can be because we live in a fallen world. And we live in a world where we're to love God and to love one another. Love demands choices, real choices. And real choices demand real consequences. And there are real consequences to disobeying God and being self-centered. The epitome of self-centeredness is to destroy another life for your convenience. The epitome of self-centeredness. To have a nation that is screaming about the importance of killing babies in the womb is deplorable to me. To have a president and a vice president that have gone out to try and campaign on the issue of legalizing and making sure that people have the right to kill babies is ridiculous to me. Especially since they give us misinformation and disinformation by changing the words to sound like it's women's health care. You want to kill babies, that's your prerogative, I guess, but you're wrong, you're evil, and it's not right. And every one of these young people that I mentioned in the Bible, Jeremiah and others, understood that even before they were born, God had a plan for them. And any child that is conceived today, as they are formed in the womb, they are crafted by God, and God has a plan for them. And I am certain that Satan would love to destroy anybody that God has a plan for. Not only that, as Jeremiah talked, he realized that he really didn't have that much significance in life. Sounds like Moses when he was on the backside of the desert. He said, I can't speak for you, I'm too young. And God said, no, you're, you're missing it here. You are a valuable young person to me who I made and separated from the womb for a, this particular moment in history. You just listen to me, you'll be okay. You know, as I apply that to me, I just thank God, before I was born, you knew who I was. You allowed me to be in the family of Rich and Joyce Wager. They were my parents. You formed me in my mother's womb. You gave me the personality and the, the ideas and, and, and the, the physical attributes that I have. You made me exactly the way I'm supposed to be. Oh, I think I'm inadequate totally for the job that I do, but it's not a job I do. It's a job you do, God, and I just need to listen to you and get right next to you and do it. You see, the Lord is the one who does the work. I just get to get in on it. And he made me to be a part of it and part of it to enjoy it. I think it must drive Satan crazy when you and I get into a position where we trust God and we enjoy his work and we just enjoy being a part of it. Satan has no enjoyment in this life. And he can only look forward to darkness. 
when he sees people who are genuinely enjoying life, regardless of the circumstances of life, it must drive him insane. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. O oh, sovereign Lord, I said I can't speak for you, for I am too young. Don't say that, the Lord replied. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you and take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. In Psalm 22, 9 to 11, we hear David say something. David said, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb, and you led me to trust in you when I was a nursing infant. I was thrust upon you at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far from me, for trouble is near, and no one can, else can help me. David understood that God was with him from the time he was born, from before he was born. We know that from reading Psalm 139, where it says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and shield, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. We see in Psalm 139, 1 through 14, what David talks about in God's intimacy with him. We see that he acknowledges once again that he understands that his inward parts were formed by God. They were knitted together while he was in his mother's womb. That's a totally different story than we're getting from those who want to kill babies and call it abortion or call it women's health care today. I recently read an article about a University of Wisconsin medical student, uh, a lady who basically said, if I'm not trained to do abortions, I'm going to go to another school, I'm going to go to another state, and I won't practice medicine in Wisconsin. And this particular student was talking about wanting to know how to do abortions all the way to full term, to when a baby's totally viable. As I read the article, my, my heart sank. It was like, you shouldn't even be a doctor if you can take a young child and murder them on the day they're supposed to be born, or right before they're supposed to be born? How in the world can we ever trust doctors? That's not women's health care, that's murdering a child. 
And if somebody actually wanted to be a doctor so that they could murder people, they shouldn't be a doctor. That's not what I see in the scriptures. I see that everybody that God used in the scriptures seems to have understood the fact that before they were born, God had a plan for them. Hence, we can see very clearly why Satan is going after the unborn, because God knows them by name. Galatians 1.15, the Apostle Paul, and when you think again about the importance of knowing who you are, the Apostle Paul was somebody who was in jail, he got beaten, he got shipwrecked. You can read about all the different circumstances in his life that he went through, but he always understood who he was. He was one who focused on God's mercy and grace. Galatians 1.15 says, But then something happened, for it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me. Okay, now before I finish this, he's talking about the same thing as the others, that God had a plan and he chose the apostle Paul for it, who was Saul at one time. He chose him and he called him. Now there's a comma after call me, and there's another phrase I want you to focus on. Galatians 1.15, but then something happened, for it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me, comma, even before I was born, exclamation point. What undeserved mercy. Jeremiah, David, Paul. They all were saying the same thing. Before I was born, you knew me, God. You understood me. You not only understood me, you formed me in my mother's womb. You made me to be the person I am. Do you know that if any of us can go back to that moment in our brain, we understand the fact that God didn't make a mistake? And whether today I have a disability or whether I feel great or whether I'm sick or whether I, I'm short or tall or whatever it might be, I can rejoice in the fact that God has a plan for me. I don't focus on what others tell me, and I don't focus on what I can't do. I focus on the fact that the Almighty God, the creator and sustainer of all life, knows my name. And before I was ever born, before I was even conceived, he knew who I was, and he had a plan for me. Let me read this again, Galatians 1.15. But then something happened, for it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me, even before I was born. What an undeserved mercy. John, John does it in a little different way, and if you think about John, he's the one that is totally overwhelmed by the fact that God loves him. If you were to meet John on the street and ask him who he was, he would say, I'm John, the one who Jesus loves. He might not even say John. He might say, I'm the one who Jesus loves. When you really understand that God, the creator and sustainer of the universe, loves you, that's what you need to understand in order to have self-worth. Because your worth doesn't come from self. It comes from God. But think about through history how much misinformation and disinformation has been passed on. From the time we're young in the United States of America, we have school teachers and other people talking about evolution and how everything was just kind of accidental explosions and this and that. And before you know it, here we are. So they begin talking in ways that logic demands us to conclude that we're all accidental blobs of protoplasm. Therefore, in this day and age, when they talk about destroying the unborn, 
They just call them those accidental blobs of protoplasm and nobody cares. It's a dangerous precedent that's set. In John 1, 1 to 5, it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. He was with God, and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him. And this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. What a phenomenal understanding of God. He created everything. He created me. He created you. In other words, I'm no accident. No wonder John went through his life saying, I'm the one that God loves. I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the guy. Nothing can ever take that away from John. They could persecute him. They could kill him. They could do whatever they wanted. And his worth, his value is a done deal because he understands that he was created by God. He said nothing exists that God didn't make. Life itself is in him. This life gives light to everyone. You see how valuable it is to understand that before time, there is God. And God created in the beginning God. Not in the beginning Dave, but in the beginning God. And he created and he created me and from the time I was young, I should understand the fact that God made me specially who I am. Young people today more than ever need to understand that. Isaiah. What did Isaiah understand? Isaiah 49, 1-5. Listen to me, all of you in far-off lands. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb he called me by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, and you will bring me glory. I replied, But my work all seems useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose at all. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. Verse 5. Listen carefully. And now the Lord speaks. And now the Lord speaks. He who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring his people of Israel back to him, the Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. He who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant. Isaiah joins Jeremiah, joins David, joins Paul, joins John. See, they understand that before they were ever born, before they were conceived, God knew them. The battle that we see today to try and minimize the idea of killing the unborn is totally anti-scriptural. It is totally against the truth. It is totally evil. Once again, God didn't make it so abortion was even necessary. If two people refrain from sexual contact before they're married and remain faithful to each other throughout their life, 
and children are conceived, there's going to be a stable home for them to come into. The abortion isn't necessary in that case. I know some might talk about the necessary abortions that take place because of, of health, and that's another topic totally. That isn't what's going on in the national debate. We can pretend that's what's going on to maybe soften it in our minds, but that's not really what's happening. What's happening is that the president and his party right now is trying to set a precedent saying that the number one issue in the next campaign in the United States of America revolves around us having the right to kill babies. Those who God knew before they were even conceived and had a plan for. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And then we wonder why in our country we have so many health care problems that have to do with mental illness. Well, if everyone's an accidental blob of protoplasm, if everybody's a choice, when does that stop? If there are medical students at the University of Wisconsin that think it's right to be able to kill a child even a day before it could be born, well, then what stops them from making a choice to kill somebody while they're alive? Because what's the difference? We can mask it and parade it around with any verbiage we want. The truth is, those in the scriptures who did great things for the king understood that before they were born, before they were conceived, God had a plan. And if you really understand that, then no matter what happens in the circumstances of life, you'll be okay. Because you understand that your value, your worth, doesn't come from how many likes you get on social media. It doesn't come from whether people agree with you or disagree with you. It comes from the fact that God loves you. And you know that God is God and you are not. You know that in the beginning God created. You know that God is the ultimate power and force in the whole universe. You know that none of his plans will ever get foiled. You know that because you sinned, you were separated from him, but because of his love for you, who, who he knew before you were even conceived, and his love for you, he sent his own son down to this earth to die so that our sins could be paid for. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the people he created. He doesn't want them destroyed. Oh, you and I have a choice. We want to go beat our head on a rock. We're going to get a headache because God gives us that choice. And there's no way that he could love without giving us choice. So we do have choice. The truth of the matter really lies with the fact that before I was ever conceived, God had a plan for me. I don't know how well I've done at staying on the path that he planned for me. I know that he can adjust, and I know that his ways will never be defeated. 
I also know that he knew that I wasn't going to be perfect, and his foreknowledge allowed him to know every decision I was going to make. So not only did God know me before I was conceived, and not only did he weave me together in my mother's womb, he already adjusted history to make sure that my life would actually matter in the context of how I made choices, as long as they were choices that he could work with. God knows my heart. He knows your heart. His heart must be broken looking at the United States of America and where we're at. We seem like more of a barbaric country at this point than I've ever seen before. We used to be a Christian nation. Now with this discussion, I, I can't say that I see it. It's time for us to repent and come back to God as a nation and start thinking about how valuable people are to him. Well, I'm Dave Wager, and I'm here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute. I know that for some of you, the message today is not one that is well-received in our country. But truth sometimes isn't, and truth is still truth. Well, I thank you for listening. I pray that you will uh, understand how valuable you are to God and live in that context. Good night for now. Thank you.